بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا سکسٹینتھ آف جولائی ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I've reached the point where I've mentioned the tragic martyrdom of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu And the last thing I mentioned, which I'll mention again, is the report from Sayyidina Isma ibn Malik radiyallahu who relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Woe unto you, when Umar radiyallahu who passes away, then you should also yearn to depart from this world. This is in Tabarani in his Kabir 17-181. So, our beloved messenger, he was clearly highlighting that there was going to be trouble which will brew after the martyrdom of Sayyidina Umar. And he said, if you can pass away before this, this is far better for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with him and forgive us all for his honorable sake. Amen. So the next section entitled During the Khalifat of Sayyidina Uthman Upon Sayyidina Uthman Radiyallahu's ascension to the high post Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud Radiyallahu was now around 53 years of age Ay, thus he was around 20 years junior to Sayyidina Uthman Radiyallahu This is worth keeping in mind Uthman was like a father forgive to him in terms of age But he himself was around 53, radiyallahu. In Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 3, page 63, Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, Al-Bidaya, Hayat al-Sahab, volume 5, page 350, to one of the New English translation, Abu Wa'il, radiyallahu, he said, When Sayyidina Uthman, radiyallahu, became the Khalif, Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu, traveled for eight days, back from Al-Madinah to Kufa. He then delivered a sermon in which he said, Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar radiyallahu has passed away and we never saw people weeping as much as they wept on that day. We the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we gathered and we left no stone unturned in search of a person who was better than us and superior to us in all aspects. And we pledged our allegiance to Uthman, so your two should also now pledge allegiance to him. SubhanAllah. So, looking at this briefly, Uthman became the Khalif. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, as fate would have it, he was in Al-Madina. He travelled back to Kufa, and what did he say to the people? First, he mentioned the great loss of Sayyidina Umar. He goes, I've never seen a day where people went so much upon the martyrdom of Umar. Then, this is the key point. We, the companions, we got together and we did not leave any stone unturned in search of a person, number one, who was better than us, and number two, superior to us in all aspects. And we thus pledged to Uthman. So straight away, what does that tell you about his veneration for Uthman? 
He goes, he was the best amongst us and he was the most superior to us. We pledged allegiance. Then he said to the Kufans, your two should also now pledge allegiance. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud just resumed his post as the chief Qadi of Kufa. So what's interesting is he was appointed the chief Qadi by Umar but he continued with that post. Well into Sayyidina Uthman's Khalifat Thus with untiring care he would look after and cater for the residents under his charge. For instance, Aun Rahmatullah, he relates, when the companions of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who came to see him, he asked them, do you people sit in each other's company? They replied, that we never omit. He then asked, do you still visit each other? They replied, certainly, O Abu Abdul Rahman, in fact, when one of us does not see his brother, he would go walking to the end of Kufa to then meet him. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud thereupon said, you people will certainly remain in good shape as long as you keep on doing this. This is in Tabarani. Targhib, volume 4, page 144, Hayat al volume 3, page 550 to one of the New English translation. So what was Ibn Masood highlighting here? He was making sure that the seeds were in place for unity, love and affection. But what are those seeds? He explained here. He first said, do you people sit in each other's company? So that's one of the signs that there's unity, love and affection, that you like to sit with each other. If you don't, there's this unity. So they replied, we never omit that, because of course we sit with each other. Second, do you visit each other? Are you, you know, concerned about each other's welfare? And one of them said, he goes, if we know a brother was even at the end of the city of Kufa, because we would go and see him. Look what he said, Ibn Masood radiallahu you people will certainly remain in good shape as long as you keep doing this. Because this is the health of the community. Sitting in each other's company and visiting one another are clear signs of genuine love and affection. So it's important. So look how simple the matter is. When somebody says, how do you know how healthy a community is? That's all you need to know. Do they sit with each other? Do they visit each other? And on the face we are thinking, well, how is that a sign? That's all you need to know. And if the answer is, no, we don't sit with each other. No, we don't visit. Then he goes, you're not in good shape. Mm. But if you have those qualities, he goes, then, he goes, you will remain in good shape, said Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud also made sure that the residents had access to him at all times. It is related when some people requested permission to see Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud after the Fajr Salah, he allowed them in. He then veiled his wife with a shawl, saying, I did not want to keep you waiting any longer by taking more time in sending her out. <laughs> this is in Tabarani, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 8, page 46. He comments upon the chain of narrators. Ayat al volume 3, page 682 of the New English Translation. So think about this. 
Some people wanted to see him after Fajr. He allowed them in, and look how strange the sight must have been. They saw a person veiled, <laughs> look, with a shawl over, and it was his wife. <laughs> he then said, I did not want to keep you waiting <laughs> any longer by taking more time in sending her out. So what was he displaying there? Just imagine the love and affection the visitors had for this most august man, seeing his noble wife in the condition she was then in. So what does that tell you? He genuinely loved the people to have access to him at all times. So imagine you saw that. What would go through your heart? You're thinking, look how much love he's got for this. He's not even told his wife to leave. Why hasn't he told his wife to leave? Because he goes, that would take more time for this to enter. He goes, cover yourself. And they came and entered. So note, he wasn't just asking the people, do you visit each other? Do you show love and affection? He himself was set and disbanded. Subhanallah, during his time as the chief qadi, this majestic man also had the satisfaction of beheading a despicable apostate. Thus, who was this wretch? So like I mentioned yesterday, the hudud is just a deterrent. It's a deterrent Allah the last put in place to stop you from the crimes. But eventually, if you go through the proper authorities, you end up with the punishment or the hudud. There was a man who was beheaded. He was an apostate. But who was this person? So you got to roll back the clock. During the lifetime of our beloved Messenger, a false prophet had arose called Musaylimah. So this is famously known. The shaitan said he's also a prophet. The liar actually had the audacity to send emissaries of his own to our beloved messengers. <laughs> so if you think about it, you know, it's, it's comedic. So imagine Rasulullah and this shaitan sent two of his men. So what happened? In Nasai number 8675, Ahmad in his Muslim number 3708-3761 with a Sahih channel transmission. Behaki in his Sunan Al-Qubra 9-212, Hakim in his Mustadrak number 4378, Sahih, Darimi in his Sunan number 2503, Abu Ya'la in his Musnad number 5097, Abu Dawood At-Tayalisi number 251. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said at the time, Ibn Nawaha was killed. So this man was killed in the time of Ibn Mas'ud. His name was Ibn Nawaha. Ibn Masood said, This man, Ibn Nawaha and Ibn Uthal, came to the Prophet as envoys from Musaylim and the liar. So that one was being killed. He's one of the two envoys because he's been killed. The other was Uthal, Ibn Uthal. Rasulullah had asked him, Atashhadani anni Rasulullah. Do you both testify that I am Rasulullah? They replied, We testify that Musaylimah is Rasulullah. Upon this, he said, Law kuntu qatilan rasulan, ladarabtu a'naqakuma. If I would execute envoys, I would now have severed your necks. Thus, it became legislated that the envoy is not to be killed. Then Ibn Masood said, As for Ibn Uthal, 
Allah the most honored and glorified has sufficed us against him. And now as for this Ibn Nawaha, I that vile belief in the false prophet remain with him until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grabbed him now, I without any protection. So this is the report. So let's look at this. So this is a Sahih Hadith in Nasai and Imam Ahmad's Musnad. So who were the two envoys of Musaylimah? They were Ibn Nawaha, the first shaitan, and the other was Ibn Uthad. When the Prophet asked them, do you testify, I am Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa Because we testify to Musaylimah. Now think about that. That's pure kufr, mm. unbelief. Mm. The Prophet still did not give the command to execute. He goes, but I would have executed you, but your envoys. Then Ibn Masood said, we realize then that envoys can never be harmed, no matter what they come out with. You know, like in this saying today's day, when somebody comes with a white flag, you know, where did they get that from? This is from Islam, right? If somebody's an envoy, you don't touch him, even if he comes out with bakwas. Then Ibn Masood said, as for Ibn Uthal, one of the two emissaries, because Allah Ta'ala dealt with him. And now as for this one, he goes, we've grabbed him and he's got no protection now. <laughs> Meaning that time he was an envoy. Now he's not an envoy. <laughs> Adding details. Ibn Mu'iz al-Sa'di, rahmatullahi, he said, shortly before Fajr, I went out to water a horse of mine. And I passed by the masjid of Banu Hanifa. And they were saying, Musaylimah is Rasulullah. <laughs> Stop with the report. So this righteous man, Ibn Mu'iz al-Sa'di, he goes, it's before Fajr. So obviously time when people are resting. He goes, I went to water the horse, you know, to graze. And I went past the masjid of Banu Hanifa. That was the area where Musaylimah was, you know, was from. And he goes, I heard him say, Musaylimah Rasulullah. I thereupon went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and I informed him of this. He thereupon sent to the police, thereupon sent the police who brought them to him. He asked them to repent. And they repented. They goes, we seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thus let them go, but one of them he didn't. Abdullah ibn Nawaha. He goes, he is to be executed. <laughs> so they thereupon said, some people did wrong, but you only executed one of them and let the rest of them go. He goes, we don't understand the wisdom. O Qadi. <laughs> he said, I heard Rasulullah say, when this man and Ibn Uthal ibn Hajar came to him, do you bear witness I am Rasulullah? They said, do you bear witness that Musaylim is Rasulullah? To which the Prophet responded, I believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messengers. And if I were to execute a delegation, I would now have executed you both. Ibn Masood then said, this is why I have now executed him. <laughs> this is recorded in Ahmad in his Musnad. Number 3837 or 6-T or 6-T8 with a Sahih chain of transmission. Hafiz ibn Daymiyyah rahmatullahi in his As-Salim al-Masrul. 3-6 or 3-9 stated Sahih. So what's, what's happened? These people were still, imagine, you think that's it? Apostasy is finished? 
They're still lingering about. Some people, even 20 years after that, shaitan had been sent to hell. They still had that belief. So when Ibn Masood spotted them, one of them was the envoy. <laughs> so the others, he accepted their repentance. He goes, all right. He goes, you're not going nowhere. He goes, take his head off. So when, obviously, the command was given, he goes, why did you not excuse him? He goes, he's one of the shaitans. He goes, he's probably still... Because Musaylamah would only send the best of his shaitans. And he goes, this one, his head comes off. And he goes, that is why I have given the command to kill him. Another report adds a detail. In Ahmad in his Musnad, number 3642, with a Sahih channel transmission, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, volume 4, page 379 of the English translation, Haritha ibn Mudarrib, rahmatullahi relates that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had thereupon said to Ibn Nawaha, I have heard Rasulullah say to you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Lawla annaka Rasulun laqataktaltuk, were it not that you was an envoy, I would have now killed you, as I heard it with my own ears. Then Ibn Masood added, Fa'ammal yawma, fa'lasta bi Rasul, today you are not an envoy. Ya Kharasha, kum fadrib unuqa, O Kharasha, arise and strike his neck. Thus his neck was struck. So look how beautiful. What was the only reason Rasulullah gave that spared their lives? They were envies. So Ibn Masood was an eye and ear witness to this. He was there. So he said to that shaitan, I've heard that from the Prophet Then he said, and this were his famous words, Today you are not an envoy. Meaning the one thing that was sparing your life, you haven't got now. Then he said to one of his men, Ya Kharasha, kum fadrib unuqa. O Kharashas, arise and strike his neck. And his neck was struck. <laughs> so reflect. Moselema had been sent to hell two decades earlier. And this wretch still staunchly believed in it. Now think about it. You get people now, 1,400 years after the Prophet Sallallahu you know, we can expect, you know, crackpots. This is only 20 years after the Surah. And there's still people, even in the era of Abu Bakr, Umar, now it's Uthman, who still firmly believed he was a Prophet. It thus became clear he was now never going to change. Thus he was swiftly dispatched on the orders of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to once again join his beloved because <laughs> go and join him good riddance so now, now what's interesting this actually shows that he's a Qadi why? because when it comes to apostates we've been given guidelines number one you give them three days with which to clarify upon their doubts and then you ask them to repent if they do not they are then applied the hudud <laughs> So a person apostates, he leaves Islam so in an Islamic state. He's brought to the authorities. Why have you left Islam? There's always a reason. He doesn't just wake up one morning and say, well, the wind blew east, so I became kafir. What's the reason? So he goes, well, I believe in evolution. Right? Well, I believe that, you know, this, that. Okay, find out what it is. Then you get a person who's got the correct knowledge of that. And that person has now got three days to get rid of that doubt. <laughs> so you don't bring Mulan Sahib if he's got a problem with evolution because Mulan Sahib hasn't been trained for that. 
Right? You get a person who knows about evolution and alim. Or whatever it is, whatever problems he's got. After three days, if the matter is clarified, he will automatically re-enter Islam because the matter is clear. If he does not, then the hudud applies. But there's another condition. However, women apostates are never executed. So if it's a woman, you can put them in prison, you can stop them from harming others. That's the whole point. They'll spread the poison. But they cannot be executed. So now keeping those principles in mind, how is that applied here? The guy, did, you know, somebody goes, well, hang on a minute. He wasn't given three days. He was given 20 years, mate. <laughs> right? You know, work here, you know, use your uncle. 20 years. So forget three, forget three days, take his corporate off. Why did he accept the repentance of the others? Maybe they were known, maybe he was given, yeah, yeah. You've repented, mashallah. You don't go anywhere. And what's interesting, he repented. Why? Because when the life, you know, sweat starts coming, huh? Next minute, oh, no, no, Allah, Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Mashallah, take his head off. On the same team. And also, think about it. Don't you want to join your beloved? Go and join him. He's waiting for you. In that paradise. <laughs> On the same team, Abdullah ibn Utbah, he said, Rahmatullah Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who captured some people from Iraq who had apostatized from Islam. Thus he wrote to Uthman ibn Affan about them. He asked the Amir al-Mu'mineen Amir al-Mu'mineen wrote back to him, present to them the religion of truth and the testimony that there is no God but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they accept it, let them go. If they do not accept it, then execute them. Some of them thus accepted it, thus he freed them. Whilst others did not accept it, thus he gave the orders to execute. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, Rahmatullah, in his Salim al-Maslum, 3-6-3-9, stated, Sahih. So who were these apostates? They were from Iraq. These apostates were probably from the Majus, I those who worship fire. But of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Why did Ibn Mas'ud, he was the chief qadi, why did he want verification here? Because maybe with the Majus, he thought maybe there's a special command for, with regards to them. But Amir al-Mu'mineen Uthman said, no, present Islam to them. If they don't accept it, he goes then, execute them. Some of them re-embraced Islam, some of them didn't. So this was the command here. So note again, this is one of the hududs. So again, people have a problem with this. Because what sort of a religion is this? But if a person embraces your religion and then he's now threatened, if you re relieve your religion, you'll be executed. So the response is, what's the wisdom? Every command has a wisdom. Why has his life now become lawful to take? Because he will spread that poison. And what's interesting, who are given the platforms? You know, the enemies of, uh, the enemies of Islam, who do they give platforms to? Ex-Muslims, go ahead, right, speak, we'll fund you. So there you go, there's the problem. So here, note, and also what's interesting, some of them are fake apostates. And what do I mean by that? You can easily expose them. There was an incident a few years prior where somebody, you know, apparently apostatized, because I was Muslim for 17 years, I've seen the truth, I've seen the light. So one of the brothers, he said, you've been Muslim for 17 years, yeah. He goes, can you read Fatiha to me? 
So think about it. If you've been Muslim 17 years, you'll remember Fatiha because you're reading that five times a day in your Salat. You couldn't read Fatiha. Then he goes, you're lying. You're a liar. You're never Muslim. So again, why? Because they want to cause these doubts. In fact, if you look in the time of the Prophet there were some mischievous Jews from the Bani Israel. And this was their plan. We'll embrace Islam in the morning and we'll leave Islam by sunset. And we'll say, we, because our religion is better. That was their plan. So what was their, so they, they really didn't embrace Islam. All they wanted was to cause confusion. But Allah Ta'ala revealed the verse exposing the shaitans. And after that, they didn't bother coming with that same plan again. <laughs> Forget that. So note again here, the great Ibn Mas'ud, who note he's dealing, and also he must have wanted to, you know, to kill that man. He must have been in his heart thinking, Ya Allah, these two shaitans, envoys of that shaitan, he had to wait 20 years, but Allah Ta'ala in his great kindness gave him the authority to do it. So he must have been a great relief, must have been shukran to Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So all I mentioned today, was now the Khalifat of Sayyidina Uthman. And like I mentioned, very important to highlight, there's a 20-year gap between Ibn Mas'ud and Uthman. And then, of course, I mentioned that they were very happy. He explained, we've chose the best. Now, why is that important to highlight? Because if you query that Ali was great, you know better than Ibn Mas'ud. This is the problem. You go back to the Sahaba, you just keep quiet. I don't know, right? They know. They said, we chose the best. He was better than us in every department. And who's saying it? Ibn Masood. So therefore, we are happy with that. And then the Kufans, they also pledged. Why? Because Ibn Masood, they respected him. And then I mentioned, of course, his loving care for the residents. And then, of course, the great pleasure he had in taking up that apostate. You know, with the permission of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are there any questions? Let us Subhanallah <laughs>